Hi to this Jamcast Pals. I'm Jordan. This is Alma. Hello. And Marissa. Howdy. And today we're going to be doing a review and discussion on the movie. One of you guys say it. English the title. Tale of Princess Kaguya. Yeah. Tales of Princess Kaguya? Tale or Tales? The tale, tale of the, tale the Princess Kaguya. Oh my. Oh, oh whatever. Second the. I know. I don't like the second the. I don't think it's. I think they just added it because it's probably some sort of nobody wants the the, so that way it's easy to like copyright it or something. I don't know. But so before we get into review and discussion, house cleaning, what's up with you guys? Besides me and Marissa. I saw... just. I know, I'm gonna leave it in. Okay, so me and Marissa saw Interstellar. Hold the phone. What'd she say? Hold the phone? Uh, that's what I thought she said. What did you do, Alma? You saw. So you saw. Kaguya. Did you skip me? What? What? I don't know. I want to talk about this movie I saw, but whatever. Okay, well let's Go. do Alma first since we started. So Alma, you saw Kaguya, Big Hero Six, and then the movie that only you saw. Dear white people. I want to see that movie. It was so good. Okay, I just want to confirm something. It is mainly a comedy, right? Um, not. Really? Really? Because I know it's supposed to be like a satire, but I thought it was it is. a it's comedy really satirical. satire. I mean, it's funny, but not in the... Like, it makes... I don't know how to describe. But you liked it. It's funny. Yeah, it's funny. Okay. Did it's you... funny in the what the fuck are these white people thinking sort of way. Okay, what time period does it take place in? Because I have no idea. It's right now. Really? Yeah, it's present. The trailer makes it really confusing. I'm like, <laughs> when does this take place? Whatever. We're all just ritzy and dress like old people. It has what's his name? The kid who plays Everybody Chris hates Chris? Yeah, it has him. Who's also on The Walking Dead now? Yeah. Yeah. Alright, what was the thing you wanted to talk about, Marissa? I watched um, There Will Be Blood. Have you guys seen that? On Netflix? No. Yeah. Who directed that? I have a feeling it's a famous person. What? You know who directed it? Who? Oh, okay, because you're like blah, blah blah blah. Sorry. Um, it's P.T. Anderson, I believe. Yeah, he's famous. I don't know why. I don't know names. It was really, really long. Yeah, it's P.T. Anderson. It was, I think, almost longer than Interstellar was, and it took me like half of today to finish it because I had to keep stopping and like doing things and but it was really really it was it was bloody? good bloody yeah get it it was pretty bloody. bloody yeah okay and I don't know Daniel Day Lewis was amazing in it though it was really good I have so, seen yeah. none of this guy's other movies except for I saw some of Punch Drunk Love, which it seemed okay. I was like nine when I saw it though, because I'm like a baby. So yeah. I think I saw Boogie Nights. No, I did not. Was there when we blood the same year as that one movie? What's it called? No Country for Old Men. Because I always hear people talk about yeah, this movie they were all the time. Yeah, they were movie. filming at the same time. Okay, yeah. And apparently, because it was recommended by a screenplay, apparently when there's this like super huge like. Wait, is that the one they recommend this week? 
No, like this was like two months ago. Okay, because I'm like I'm, I'm listening to, to that episode right now. Okay, but yeah, they when they did like there's this like huge fire scene and they were filming at the same place and uh, No Country for Old Men had to stop filming that day because there's just too much smoke. So yeah. Wait, they were they weren't just filming at the same time, but like near each other. Yeah. That's weird. Who did wait? Who did No Country for Old Men? It's another famous guy that I don't know. <sighs> I'll I'll look it up. I can do it. No Country for Old Men. Uh oh, Cohen Brothers. Oh, it was multiple. I love the Cohen Brothers. What are their names? Ethan and Joel. You looked at it. You looked at it. You looked at it. I know, of course I did. I don't know. I don't even know who who, the, who they are. Are you? Have you seen any of their movies? Um, let me see. I just clicked on their name. It's like the only movies I watch are like Guillermo del Toro, Luke Vincent. It's like the only two. <sighs> Looking at the movies, don't see anything. What have you seen from them? Uh, oh, Brother, Where Art Thou, Big Lebowski, Raising Arizona. Oh, I like Raising Arizona. Yeah. I've seen Big Lebowski. But... Oh, yeah, and True Grit. I saw the True Grit. That was the remake. It was really good. These are all old people movies. You're old people movies. I am an old person. Leave me alone. Oh, he did Fargo? No, he didn't. Yeah. Well, he did? That's both of them. It says they explored Fargo. It's both of them. Did they direct it? I think they're producers. Oh no, they did direct it. On, and produced on, it. And wrote it. Yeah. I like Fargo. Everything. Fargo. Okay. Oh, Brother Where Art Thou is super good though. I have the DVD if you want to borrow it. It's super good. I'll do it. I'm up for watching movies anytime. It's so good. Okay. You know what I've been up to? Somebody nothing include me include me Homework. being alone forever. Okay, I'll just cut to the being alone thing. No, I did for the first time. I did that street pass thing on the DS. Oh, DS. You... Guess how many street passes I got? Two. Three. How do I get to the Pokemon Swap. League? I'm so Swap. lost. What game are you playing? X. You haven't gotten to the league yet. I'm trying to get there right now. What? How do I that get? How many badges do you have? I have all of them. You go up. I think it's Victory Road. I think it's Victory Road in every game. So do I have to go back to the first city place? I don't know. It's been so long. Ooh. Did you just beat the eighth gym? No, I beat it like a couple days ago. It should be like super easy. Like the game is like super linear. No, but, there's like so many other places. I got stuck in like a coal mine and then like at the Pokemon Village. Do you have all of the HMs? Yes. Then maybe you can get to it if you go back to, you know, the one place where... That's what I was asking. Yeah, if you go to the right, you go to the cave that you couldn't get through because you don't have the HMs. Yeah. But there should be two ways to get into the cave. And one way is the way Wait. that you pass. And the other way is the other side of the mountain, which is where you should be at after you get the 8th gym somehow. Are you oh, Googling like... it? Just no. look at your map. Your map shows you which ways you can go. And there's two ways to get to Victory Road, usually. 
And one is showed early on in the game, and the other one is you go to it after the eighth gym. Okay. Well, why are you trying to beat it all of a sudden? You bought it like a year ago. Because I want to beat it. Who's Before Alpha we come out. You're going to buy them? I have... I'm just going to buy a Sapphire. Do you even like Because I want the big whale. I My team is... Blastoise, the big Fennekin, the big Chespin, Aerodactyl, Aerodactyl's mine. and uh, what? Fifteen minutes in and, and the we big are panda. so off topic. I'm proud of us guys. Hey, this is house cleaning. The big panda. What's the big panda's name? Pangoro. Yeah. I use him too. I use Pangoro and Aerodactyl. Who do you use to Mega Evolve? Uh, Blastoise. Oh, really? You didn't say you had Blastoise, did you? Yeah, I did. I said I have Blastoise so you have three and then the Finnegan. Yeah. Yeah, Finnegan, Chestnut, and Blastoise is a lot. Oh, it's a big Finnegan. I don't know what it's called. And I big Chespin. So you I don't, don't I don't, have, I... you, you don't have the water what? one. I don't have the the frog. Yeah, the I water one. one. Greninja? Yeah. I have Greninja. It looked weird. I didn't want it. I thought he looked the coolest, but no. the whole tongue thing looks unsanitary. So yeah. All right, are you guys ready to get into the discussion? <laughs> I tried to think of other stuff we can talk about. You got it, Versal. What? Yeah, I got there. Did you go the old I way can't... or the new way? The new way. Wait, so did you already get? Uh, you have X or Y? Uh, X. So I have... did you get Yverdivers or whatever you say? It? Xerneas. Xerneas? Yeah. Why'd you get X and not Y? Because I, I like the thing better. That's what I that's what I I like that one better. But then I got Y, and then I like the other one way better. So cool. Why? Hmm? Why? Because it's like a... Oh, this is what I don't get. It's because you know, each game has like the legendaries or some sort of like like, natural attribute or element or, like, laws of nature. So, yeah. So like, in Ruby Sapphire, it's, like, land and sea and then sky. And then in, what do you call it? Diamond and Pearl, it's time and space. And then in this one, do you know what the two things are? Like, the two opposing forces? Is it fairy and dragon? The well, types? I, no, they, those those are the types they are, but... Yeah. I mean, like... I don't know. They, they, they're, like, laws of nature. It's life and death. So yours is the life one, and mine is the death one. And then so it's like a giant death bird, and I'm like, this is awesome. That's terrible. But wait, but in my story, though, it's it's the death Pokemon. So they're trying to use it to kill everybody. So what are they doing with yours, in your version? No, it's the same thing. <laughs> wait, they're using it to kill people? Yeah. How? I don't know, magic. Because mine is like, when it awakens, it'll suck the souls of, like, all the people on Earth. I don't remember, dude. I did that part, like, so long ago. Like a year ago? Yeah. You type really hard. Me? Wait, you're the one typing? I'm writing an essay. Oh. Do it on I'm your the tablet. one Pokemon. See, look. I don't know where my tablet is. Shit. I, I heard it, Marissa. I heard it. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna water. go look for my tablet now. Be back. Okay. Alright, you guys ready? Been ready.
Okay, so we're going to be doing a discussion of... What's the movie? I said it last time. The Tale of the Princess Kaguya. I totally forgot. The Tale of the Princess Kaguya. <laughs> no, stop laughing! Start it! The Tale of the... The... You the Tale of the... The Tale of the Princess Kaguya. Good job. Directed by... Do either of you guys know it? I know it. I'm just asking Nerd. if you guys know it. It's Isao just Takahata. Say it. I think this is only like his first film in a lot of years. Like 10 years? Not like 10 years. But a lot of years. And first we're going to be doing a non-spoiler section on the movie. And then after that we'll do a review and discussion on spoiler section of the movie. So just to start out with to get everything on the table. We'll go with did you guys like the movie? Alma first. I liked it. Marissa next. No. Me next. I did not like it. Okay. I'm alone? I know! I'm so excited! We talked about this episode one. I hope every episode is two versus one. And I always hope I'm always on the two side. And I have been so far. So this is pretty good. Pretty good. So now that we know where we're at, we'll do <clears throat> non-spoiler discussion. And at the end, we'll say who, do we, who would we recommend the movie to. So, do one of you guys want to give the plot synopsis? No. I, I guess since I'm the only one that liked it. <laughs> yeah. So it's based on a Japanese folktale, something about a bamboo cutter. I don't remember the actual name. Do you, do you know it, Jordan? It's Taketori Monogatari, I think. Nerd. Oh, wow, look at you with the Japanese name for the thing. I have to do it or else I'll feel bad later. <laughs> <laughs> and then the original name of it is The Tale of the Bamboo Cutter. There but we go. In this adaption, the name of it is The Tale of Princess The Tale of the Princess Kaguya. Whatever. Yeah. That. And it's got this bamboo cutter that's cutting bamboo, and then he sees this bamboo light up. And he goes to the bamboo that lights up, and out comes a bamboo shoot. And in the bamboo shoot is a tiny little princess. And he goes back with the tiny little princess to his wife, and then the princess turns into a baby. And then they raise the baby. And then the guy keeps finding riches in the lighting up bamboo stalks. And there's gold and kimonos. And he's like, oh, this means that the heavens wants the baby to be a princess. So I've got to build her this castle even though she's perfectly fine being a country hick and frolicking in the meadows. Though he... Yes. <laughs> and so he builds her this castle and they move away to the capital and they make her this refined princess even though she really doesn't want to. Don't spoil the entire thing, by the way, if you're going And to. that's what I'm doing. That's it. And All so right. she's really unhappy and she's a princess. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty good. General plot synopsis. And then just to get this out of the way for Judging. two... Did you see it? Me and Marissa both saw it dubbed. And then how did you see it? Subbed. Okay. So just, I guess we should do that first. General impressions on the dub and sub. I really liked parts of the dub. Like, so for me, um, do you know who played Kaguya? Alma? No. In the English dub, it was played by Chloe Grace Moretz. Do you know who that is? Yes. Yeah, and she was awesome. Like, she was super awesome. And then it was like, I don't think I want to see the sub version because I liked her so much. But then the two old people are played by two famous old people. And I don't think either of them sounded particularly good. They kind of sounded awkward sometimes. 
but they didn't sound bad usually at all. There were some times though where it sounded super awkward. Like these people were playing old people and they weren't old people. Do you have any comments on Japanese dub? I mean it the, it it was Japanese and it fit the movie. But I mean there was no like weird voices. Like, no. you didn't have, like, the super high-pitched girl who speaks high-pitched for no re- reason? <laughs> no. Okay, yeah, so, in the movie, though, there is the character, what is it? Um, Sagami, who is basically one of, not her attendant, but she's basically Kaguya's teacher when she moves into the mansion after they get all the gold. And then, what did she sound like in the Japanese one? Because in R, she sounded super menacing. Like, she sounded like the stepmother from Cinderella. Oh, no, in mine she sounded, like, haughty, but not really, like, have you guys seen the Memoirs of a Geisha movie? Um, yeah, but I don't remember anything. She sounded a little bit like Hatsumomo. Was that, that movie was... An English movie, right? I mean, like an American movie. Yeah, it was an American movie. But it was bilingual, right? Because it's the cultural Yeah, it setting. had random Japanese in it. And then the geisha was a Chinese lady? That doesn't make any sense. I you know that the main movie. one was Korean, actually. No, the lady who plays the geisha, like the titular geisha, is Chinese. Yeah, she was she's in, Chinese. Mama she was, in, was Chinese. What was that movie? She's famous for that movie before that. What was it? Hidden Dragon, Crouching Tiger. I don't know. No, other way around. No! Yeah. No, is it? Crouching Tiger. Crouching Tiger and Jack, yeah. you're right. Yes. Right. Okay, yeah. Have you seen that movie? No. That's fun. Half of it, I think. I know. I like so many movies from my childhood, I just remember like parts of them. So I'm like, they're pretty good. Okay. So, how about since you're on the, you're the odd one out, do you want to explain why you like the movie? Because the princess was relatable? Okay, yeah. So I will want, I'll start this out. So that I don't sound like the hateful D-bag. That I'm going to probably sound like on a lot of episodes. But I like Princess Kaguya so much. Like, she's an awesome character. I thought she was well written. And then, well you didn't see the dubbed version, but I thought she was extremely well acted. I thought she sounded perfect. Out of all... Okay, because you, you, you both are Disney kids, right? Yeah. Out of, you know, the whole Disney princess thing? If she were in the running, if you were to say she's a Disney princess, do you think she's the best Disney princess? Like, written-wise. She's the most human, yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Like, I feel like she's so well-written. But, okay, I'm going to go into my part of the thing. I feel like she's perfect for the movie, but she's a small part of the movie. And the rest of the movie is all these other characters, and it's really spaced out a lot the movie's over two hours i think it's like two hours and 15 minutes and probably her story isn't that long because this is a folktale so it's like i'm trying to think of an example you have cinderella cinderella is also a folktale this is a folktale it's based off of like 10 pages so it's like but there's nothing new like they don't add anything they don't disneyfy it so they basically spread a story out over two and a half hours on a 10 page story it's like the hobbit but even worse. Because how long was The Hobbit? Like a hundred and something pages? 
I don't know. My copy's too far away. It was less than 200 pages across three movies, which are like three hours each. Yeah, I hate that. Yeah, and this is like a 10-page story spread across two hours, but they don't even hobbit it where they add new stuff. There's like nothing added. Like, this is the tale, except for there is one key part that's added. Of course, they change stuff, but the one key part that they add in is, can you guess what it is? The boy. The boy. (laughs) Did you like the boy? I hated the boy. Okay, thank God. Okay, then I'm pretty sure we can relate, because I hated the boy automatically. Oh, not automatically, but I mean, he's my key problem with the movies. Marissa, you talk for a while, because I've been talking a while. What do I want to talk about? Um, what do you want me to talk about? Do you remember the boy's name? Sutamaru or something like that? It's Stemaru. Like, S-U-T-E. Stemaru? Yeah. Yeah. Nichan is all I remember. Oh, and ours, they just call him Stemaru. Okay, and then also in the American version, they call her um, Little Bamboo, but in the Japanese version, they call her... Kakenoko. Kakenoko. Okay. So it's like Bamboo Child. Yeah. Oh. Wait, Take, right? Not yeah, in the sub, in the sub, it said Little Bamboo, but I was like, no, no, it's not. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, so in the English one, they do call her Little Bamboo. And then does the father call her princess? Yeah. But of course he's saying Hime, right? Mm-hmm. But they treat it like a name, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's such a weird thing because it's a name, but they do translate it in the American version where he doesn't call her Hime, he calls her princess. Marissa, say something. Something. So why didn't you like this movie, Marissa? I didn't like the end. Yes, that's one and of my... And the middle was long. Okay, yeah, so in that aspect, I a lot of people complain, like, so I've listened to some reviews on other podcasts and stuff. A lot of people complain that the center section of the movie is super dragged out and super long. But for me, the center section is the part that I like most. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Because basically, there's three, there's three very distinct parts of the movie. The first part of the movie is her growing up in her village. The second part of the movie is the most easiest way, like if you're going to name it like an arc, is the suitor's arc, where she's becoming a princess, and then so she has to find a suitor. And then there's the third arc, which I'm going to guess you guys know what I'm referring to, but that's basically the The moon. Don't spoil it. But that's not really a spoiler. Let's just call it the moon. Okay, it's the moon, the moon part of the movie. And that's one of the weird things about the movie is that since this is a folktale, it's like not strange at all in japan like anybody who saw this movie in japan they knew exactly what they're getting into and so it's weird thinking about it when you relate it to something like cinderella because cinderella is so well known in america but can you imagine if you showed a kid who knew nothing about cinderella and then all the way in the last act what happens you mean the grim cinderella or the disney cinderella even the disney cinderella what happens in like the last part of the movie which is like out of nowhere they get married no Before that, oh no, because there are talking animals. What are you talking about? But that's not... Are there, the there's pumpkin? No, I'm talking about the fairy godmother. We're out of that's... nowhere, she has a fairy godmother, this supernatural being that's going to help her out. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but isn't that weird? What did you think that's jarring? Because I, mm-hmm. I don't know, because I'm an American, and I've kind of grown up with all these weird grim fairy tales and Hans Christian and Anderson or whatever. So it's like, I'm not surprised by any of these twists. But this movie has a twist that's culturally Japanese. So when it happens, like, so I saw this movie twice. 
once I saw it with Marissa, but before that I'd seen it with Christy. And when it happened the first time, it was like the theater went silent. Because it's Aww. like they had no idea what was going on. And then I was like, no, that's like, it's just the thing. Because I I know the fairy tale from before. Did you, did the... you get... What? I don't know. I just read the Wikipedia thing on the tale of the bamboo cutter. And the ending in the Wikipedia summary is way better. Just saying. I don't um, want to spoil it right now. Okay, I don't spoil it right now. But I know I've read that one and I've read other ones. Because you remember after the movie, we talked about the ending, right? Yeah. Yeah, and there's different endings, but a lot of them end with another specific thing. But so, I'm focusing on the non-spoiler stuff. So, the beginning of the movie is her in the village. Did you guys like this more than the middle section? Because for me, the, for me, I like the middle section the most out of the movie. I like the beginning better. I like the beginning just because it led to the conflict in the middle. Okay. Or the princess's conflict, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I, I liked I it because it was really pretty. Okay, do you guys think the movie looked good? Yes. It was beautiful. I thought in a lot of places it looked really ugly and it bugged me. But I get what they're going for, and there are some parts where it's genuinely beautiful. And there are other parts where it's like, it's not. It's like they're not even trying. It's like what they're trying to do is be different. And then the, the hair movie, bugged me. I like the hair actually, and that's the one hair of those bugged me throughout like case. most of it. I was like, it's changing length. Stop it. Okay, and that was the other thing that is just genuinely <laughs> like, yeah. I don't get how you yeah. can defend some of the aspects of the art because there are genuine, genuinely lazy parts where it's just like they're not staying on model, they're not keeping consistent oh, from <laughs> shot to shot. Wait, so say, did you, you notice Alma? What? When uh, the lady was breastfeeding the baby, and then she turned around, and the baby was on the opposite breast. Yeah. Did you notice? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, that was hilarious. I'm like, that's just a mistake. It's not artistic. It's like a mistake. And then like five seconds later, they make another mistake, where she, the baby's suckling, right, on the nipple. Yeah. So the baby's suckling, but they change the shot, and then all of a sudden, the baby's head before the shot changed was below the nipple. And then they change a the shot, and all of a sudden, the baby's chin is, like, way above the nipple. And it doesn't make any sense. And then there's other parts of the movie, too, where... What do you call it? You know... So, Stay Maru. And then, you know when they hide in the grass in that one scene? Yeah. When they're, when they're changing shots, they're, it doesn't make sense at all. They're, like, barely in a bush, but then they show you inside the bush, and it's like they're in a forest. And it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and then at the same time, in that same exact shot... The, the bag on his back disappears. Like, it's literally in one shot to the next shot, it just disappears. And there's like, and it's not like a rare thing. Like, there's tons of things like that in the movie where people just change all of a sudden from shot to shot where they'll be here and then they change the camera angle. No time has passed and they'll be in another, another position. And this doesn't make sense. Also, you said you didn't like the hair, right? No. So I did like the hair, but it did look weird sometimes. And I can see why people don't like the hair. My main thing was just like production value sometimes where it's like this isn't this isn't it just doesn't seem like they're working hard it seems like they're being lazy and so you know the big scene where she basically snaps yeah. and she does this literally by snapping like a seashell yeah and she goes into this big tirade scene and the art style changes right you, you know what i'm talking about Mm-hmm. do you know the scene where she's running it's also in the trailer she's running and you see the room of people behind her in the distance Mm-hmm. Did that not look absolutely terrible? Like, they didn't even animate it. It was just, like, squiggle drawings of people, and she ran across I the street I think it was of just it. more of an artistic thing to, like, express her feelings. 
Like, it was all rushed and harried and yeah. just ugly. See, I totally agree. That's what they're going for. I don't think it comes off off as that. It comes off as lazy to me. Because it's like, sure, I get what you're trying to do. But you can accomplish what you want to do way better if you actually put some work into it. Because that scene looked like... Have you guys ever Drawing seen, like... Drawing is hard. No, but have you ever seen, like, yeah, those animation draw projects? Draw that yourself. It... I will screen cap it and send it to you. It is people, and they're not even moving. It's like they have all the sound effects of the people talking in the background, and they're not moving. They're just like sitting there as a still. And she like runs across the street, and it looks terrible. Your face looks terrible. All right, so that's enough about. Oh, no, wait. There was one other thing about the hair. Do you know the one scene where she's dancing around the cherry tree? Uh huh. Did you like how that scene looked? I I did like how that scene looked. I think it was like nice. Yeah, and like her hair looks, it does look weird, but I liked how it looked. Because it's like... It was like back to her old country hick days. Yeah. I keep saying hick. Sorry. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a Hillbilly? term. Oh, I think that's worse. <laughs> Peasant. No. What? Peasant is PC. Isn't it? Sir. Mm. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Not even. I'm just kidding. They I were technically in the artisan work. class. If you want to get technical with it. I just wanted to use the word. <laughs> okay. So, away from production values and then back to story. So you like this intersection more, right, Alma? Yep. Why did you like it more? In the beginning. She was, she was clever. Yeah. She was finding little ways to, like, make up for the fact that she was trapped and have fun with stuff. Like, with the garden. Yeah. And it was her coping, and it was really cute. Yeah. And sad, but... Okay, see, and that's the thing. It's like, when I said at the beginning, I honestly, I love Kaguya's story. Like, I think it's really well written, but in the end, it's a story that is like maybe 30 minutes long, and then the rest of the movie is devoted to these other characters. And the reason why I like the center section of the movie is because the characters that are in the center section are basically Kaguya, and then you also have her parents, but the other main characters are the five suitors who are trying to go after her hand in marriage or whatever. And yeah. what I liked about it is they pursued the, the suitors as ridiculous. Like, they mm -hmm. were all comedy. And I thought that was awesome because it's like, they're supposed to be, like, the most noblemen in the country... And then they're basically making fun of them. Like, I felt like the directors were making fun of them. And I like that. But it also leads into, like, the other parts of the movie, which is... You know in the beginning of the movie where she's born, right? Yes. So, first half of the movie where she's in the village, isn't there a ridiculous amount of child nudity? <laughs> like, uh, like unneeded child nudity. Dude, kids rip their clothes off every chance they get. True. Not like that. But, yeah, they okay, do. but this is my point. In the beginning, why do you think they represent, or not represent, why do you think they show so much child nudity? Because they're poor and that was how things were done back then? Okay, but there was that one scene where they go swimming and she takes off all her clothes. Well, she's not going to get that in. wet. But how did that scene affect anything at all? It was literally... They were doing something, it cuts to them going swimming and her jumping in the thing naked, and then it cuts back. Like, that scene had no placement, so why would they show it? 
It shows that she's having she's fun. She's a wild there. child. Yeah. But yeah. My, okay, this is my whole thing though. Is that they take the effort to not hold back on that. Is that they're showing child nudity and that there's child nudity sometimes. And that's just how it is. And she's having fun, right? It's not yeah. sexualized. Yeah. It's fine. And it's not sexualized. The thing that does bug me is that so in the beginning of the movie, they show all this child nudity, they act how it's natural, how it's normal, how it's not something to be worried about. But then in the center act of the movie, do you know how the basically the second part of the movie starts? Do you remember what happens? The... It's something that happens to her after she moves to the mansion. The... I have no idea what you're talking about. It's something the that clothes? should it's something that should be perfectly natural for girls when they grow oh, up. Oh, I know. Oh, the, the her period. Yeah. yeah, and that's what bugged me is like the movie's taking this aspect of the naturalization of growing up or like the things that you shouldn't be ashamed about growing up, and then there's all of a sudden this scene where they basically they don't transition from her from being a child to a woman. So yeah. suddenly she was a woman. She was a princess. She had to do all these things. Yeah, but I like how that how what happens after that scene. But in that scene itself, I didn't like the transition because it's like this entire movie they're not holding back from things that are natural and a period is per- is perfectly natural, but that's like the one time they censored themselves in the movie where he says what's happening, what what's wrong with my daughter, the dad, and then the mother goes up to him and we as the audience aren't allowed to know, and so she just whispers something in his ear and then he's just like oh she's becoming a woman. It's like. Why can't you say period? It's like, it was really kind of discomforting to me. Did You didn't feel like that, Alma? No, because, I mean, I grew up in a society where you don't freaking say you have your period if you're a girl. You hide it. You hide Did that you shit. grow up in a society, though, where you were taking your clothes off all the time? Yes. Really? Yeah. And Jordan, like swimming half of my baby, in? half of my, not baby pictures, like baby all the way till I'm like five, I'm half naked. Oh yeah, but she's like, she's like 10 years old and she's still naked. But she yeah. grew up with these people, like they were her family, so it shouldn't really matter. Like they were closer. Okay, but the end of the movie proves differently, doesn't it? Well, yeah, because she, they left. They're but... not family anymore. Yeah. I see what you mean. But, I don't know. I just didn't like that they were trying to portray an image where things are natural. These are natural things about being not just a as human, long as you're but a being... child. No, but they were portraying these things not just natural as being a child, but being natural as a female. And then all of a sudden, transitioning to the second act of the movie, it's like, she's this type of female and we can't address that at all. It's like, she had her period, so what? Just say the word period. It's not like, I think the movie was not rated even. I just didn't like it. Marissa? Uh, Why did you like the beginning section more than the center section? Because it showed her having more fun as a little kid. What did it show her doing? (coughs) You're like a teacher, Jordan. Are you sure you don't want to change your career plan? I'm so bad at Look at all the context clues. Oh, shit. I just don't, I just don't like that they didn't address it. I don't get why you guys are like, I was like, why didn't he just say period? It's like, there's been so much, whatever. Alma? Not Alma. Marissa. Uh Uh-huh. Why did you like the first section more? Um, because I, it was, it was cool. 
It just showed her being a kid and having fun. That's it. That's why it's. I liked it more than the middle section. Because the middle section, I agree with all the points that you made, but it was just way too long. Okay, see, that's what people say too. And I agree. Overall, that is an issue that the movie has throughout, is that it's just way too long. It's a 10 page story spread across two hours. It's just weirdly paced. Yeah. For me, for some reason. The middle section felt way quicker than the beginning section. And the opening section, the first time I saw it, I was crawling in my seat. Like, I felt physically uncomfortable because of how long it was taking. And ultimately, I, I, I get what they're doing at the scenes. Like, what you're saying is they're to show her growing up and her having fun and her life and that she loves her life in the village, right? Yeah. But it's like probably 15, no, more than 15, probably 20 minutes in the movie yet. And she's still a baby. And it's like, she has no cognizance at all. You know what I mean? It's like, how much has your baby time affected you as a person? Hmm. Like, do you remember... Backstory, bruh. No, but do you remember anything of your baby time? Yes. Yeah. When is your earliest memory? Four years old. That is not baby time. That's toddler time. It's still technically baby baby time. I'm saying she's a baby like 20 minutes in the movie... And I'm just sitting there like... Yeah, but then again, she's having growth spurts within, like, three days. Okay, that is a pop point in the movie. She gets the name Little Bamboo because all of a sudden she'll grow heavier and she'll grow taller. <coughs> and she'll just basically grow up faster. And by the end of the childhood arc, the beginning part of the movie in the village, she's grown to the same age as Stemaru, who is, like, the male character in the movie, like, who's around the same age as her. But in the beginning of the movie, he's, like... He looks like a like a sixth grader maybe and she yeah. looks like a toddler like she looks like she is not school age and he looks like he's like a sixth grader and by the end of the by the end of the growing up arc she is like his age you know what i've been thinking about that i'm thinking that she was growing so exponentially because she was in like an environment that she loved and she was learning and she was happy so that's why she was growing and then suddenly they take her out of the country and into like the capital and she's not happy so she doesn't grow fast anymore she still grows though yeah but at a normal pace no she's not a bamboo anymore okay yeah basically restricted I didn't. I like. I like that interpretation of it. I like that interpretation. It is a little fan fiction, you know. <laughs> but I like that interpretation. But in the movie, they basically use the pop, the plot point of her growing up so fast as or an excuse to call her little bamboo. And so, have either of you guys read the original? Any of them? Because there's multiple adaptions, like any fairy tale. Have you read any of them? Yes, no? I just said I did like ten minutes ago. So, in the one you read, did she grow up exponentially fast like that? I did. No. Yeah, and what, the ones I read too, that doesn't happen. And she's not called Little Bamboo. She's usually called like maybe the princess or she's called like a maiden. So yeah. This one they named her Kaguya. In all the ones I've read, they don't name her Kaguya until like a little while in. But in the movie, the character does get the name Kaguya. In the second part of the movie, which is her becoming a princess. And she basically gets the name Kaguya as like a rite of, a rite of passage. passage. Yeah. Which happens basically right after the scene where she has her first period. So, when she has her first period, she is a preteen, correct? Yeah. And so immediately following her first period, that's Gosh. the pseudo arc, right? Yep. And how old are the men in the pseudo arc? 
old as balls. Yeah. Did that, did that make you feel uncomfortable at all? Duh. Yeah, I was like, this is so weird. Okay, and this is one of the things I'll say right now. One of the things that bothered me overall with the movie is there's a ton, a ton of things that didn't have to happen. Like the fact that she meets a boy that she's going to become the same age as, as a baby. Okay, and then I'll say it right now, in the beginning of the movie, it's very obvious that this boy is a romantic-like interest. Interest, yeah. So it's very creepy that they make her meet him when she's a toddler. And then and he's the a brother six- thing. Yeah, but basically what I'm saying is, did she have to be a toddler, or could she, she could she have just grown up the same time as everybody else? And it wouldn't have changed anything, right? Probably not. Like, the only thing that would have changed is her name, is Little Bamboo. But I know, ton, like, you guys have met tall girls, right, before? And people make nicknames for them all the time. Like, they could have just said she's a fast-growing girl, but guess what? She looks like she's a, six, like a sixth grader, and she's a sixth grader, or that age range. But they make it so that she's technically, like, uh, I don't know, like a four-year-old, but she looks like a ten-year-old. It's really weird. And the main thing is that they didn't have to do that. And then so when you get to the point where men that look like they're in their 40s are trying to court her and then her physical age is a 13-year-old, it's creepy enough. But then when you think about the aspect where you add on her growing up like bamboo or whatever, she's actually like probably younger. way younger than that. She's like yep. less than 10. Like she's in her single digits and you have like 40-year-old men like trying to bed her. And there's a specific scene in the movie where the father, her own father says, prepare the, what do you call it? Prepare not the bedroom, but prepare the... It's like the wedding chamber or something. Oh yeah, no, he said prepare the, was it bedding chamber? I think he said something like bedding chamber. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about, Alma? I don't yeah, have the chance yeah, to Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> but they basically make an indirect allusion to them consummating the relationship upon them getting married. And it's like, that at that point, she is the body of maybe like a 15-year-old, because years have passed. But she is still like, technical age-wise, she's, she's probably still a tween. And it's just super weird, and it's unnecessary. And that was one of my main problems with the movie, is would you have preferred it if they Disney-fied it? Yes. Me too. No. No? No. Why not? I like it. I liked the pacing, actually. Pacing was my main issue. I liked but it wasn't it. My, my number one issue was the thing that happens at the end of the film, which we'll talk about in the spoiler section. Yeah. But all around, the movie has like a ton of pedophilia in it, and it's super weird. Well, that's because that's how things were, bruh. Yeah, and still that's, are. And that's what I agree with, but in the end, this is a family movie. And it is totally supposed to be a family movie, and would you show this... Like, if you were to have a family, would you show this to your kid? Because I wouldn't. Okay, within the first five minutes they show a woman's nipple, this would not be a family movie in generic America anyway. Yeah, in in generic America. But this is supposed to be a family film. This is supposed to be... You're supposed to take your family and see it's supposed to be a kid's movie. And in Japan, it can pass like that with what it has. But I think just... Just story-wise... Kids are gonna (laughs) learn these things anyway. There's some things... Okay, I'll talk about it at the very end of the section, but there is one thing I do want to bring up later. Do you guys have any other talking points before the spoiler re- spoiler spoiler section? I like whenever the dad said, thank the heavens, and did his little dance. It was funny. <laughs> Infuriating, but funny. Okay, uh-huh. that's it. I'm Marissa. Sorry. What? 
What? Anything to say before we go on to spoilers? No. All right. So there is one thing I want to say before we go on to spoilers. And that is, have you guys heard of the Bechdel test? Yes. Can you explain what the Bechdel test is? It's when two women are talking to each other for longer than a minute about okay. something that's not a minute. Split it up more simpler <laughs> than that for people who don't know. There's three rules to the Bechdel test. The first one is a movie. There's more than one woman. Yeah, a movie has more than one woman. Second rule? They talk to each other. And third rule? Not about a man. Okay. I don't think this is going to blow your mind at all, but it's just something I think is very interesting to point out. If you were to invert the Bechdel test, does this movie pass it? If you were to replace all those males with females, even though this movie has more than double the males and females in it, does it pass? Do the men talk to each other about something that's not a girl? Yep. No? Yeah. Do you think that's... To me, because, like, I even had to, like, do research on the Bechdel test. Because I'm I'm not, like, a super feminist or super whatever the equalist thing or whatever it is. It's feminist. But, okay, yeah. But I like topics like that. And so I knew about the Bechdel test, and I thought it was interesting. But the main thing when I took away from this movie is all the men in it are terrible. Like, every last man, none of them are role models, and none of them are specifically good people. Would you agree <laughs> with that? A hundred percent. Okay, yeah. And so as a male, it's it kind of made me feel awkward. It made me feel like I wouldn't want to show this to a little boy. Because it's like, and it's so upsetting because this movie has like a great female protagonist. Like Kaguya is awesome. Like I've liked, I liked her more than any Disney princess ever, any Disney character ever probably. She's such a well-journeyed character and a well-written character. But again, she's like 30 minutes of the movie and the other hour and a half is all these men in the movie being terrible and so okay <laughs> what nothing response to the vector thing does you, do you guys want to say anything about that or are you just like that's uh, cool 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 fact it's great you mean great or do you mean interesting it's great what you think that's good yeah why because all the men are douchebags. I don't like that. I don't get this thing. I could I like, like it. it. You show it to Me someone too. and you're like, that's what you don't do. Okay, I agree if with you that. you can admit that those men are terrible, then you are probably not terrible. <laughs> okay. And this is kind of the thing about the spoiler section. My main issue with... I'll tell you the arc of my feelings about this movie because it happened twice. I saw this movie two times. The first time I was crawling in my seat during Act 1. During the pseudo part, during Act 2, I actually started liking it. Because all these men are terrible, they're pedophiles, and they're portraying them as <coughs> super comedic, and they're just getting their comeuppance all the time. So I like this intersection. Then you have the third section of the movie, and the third section of the movie, it goes away from that, and it deviates from that, and I hate it. It made me feel super dark inside. Like, you know the scene where she runs away from the castle, and the art style yes. changes? That's how I felt inside watching the third act. Because in the third act of the movie, you have a male character who is probably, I thought was the most disgusting male character, and what they do is, they kind of, I don't know how to say he, they heroify him, but they make him a hero. And they make him basically the, if she's the heroine of the movie, they make him the hero of the movie in this final act, and it's disgusting. And he's the most disgusting character, and it ruins the entire movie for me. Because first part, I hated it. 
middle part, I started liking the movie, and by the third part of the movie, I thought I was going to like it. I really thought I was going to like it, because the third part of the movie's probably the smallest part. It's like the last 30 minutes of it, and I didn't, because during the last 10 minutes of the movie, they have this disgusting scene where they make the most disgusting male character in the movie a hero. Would you agree with that, Alma? Because I know yes. you... Okay. But that didn't affect your overall viewing of the movie. No, I liked you it. You liked it overall. Okay, that's interesting. Because I really thought, up until like the last 10 minutes of the movie, I thought I, I thought I did a complete 180. And you know what's even crazier? The second yeah. time I watched it, the exact same thing happened. The <laughs> second time I watched it, I hated it in the beginning, and I started liking it. And I totally thought I was going to do uh, 180 uh, again. And then during the last section, it's like, no, this is terrible. It made me feel awful. Okay, but you would agree with that character who we're talking about in the final act. I freaking hate him. Okay, but it doesn't ruin the, mo the movie for you. No. Okay, I think that's really interesting. Do you think you could explain that in a non-spoilerly way? Or is it just... I guess it just... The story as a whole, it was very not... Um... Like, you know how you get movies where this is the beginning, middle, the end, you get the bad guy, and it's very... You could follow through and predict things all the time because it just feels like it's plotted. Yeah. Like, a story. Mm -hmm. But this one just felt like you're watching someone's life and there's no really good guys, bad guys, or stereotypical stuff, and it just felt like a really natural progression of this girl's life. And it yeah. was terrible, but I mean, I liked it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And you liked her story, right? Yeah. Is that like is that the strongest aspect to the movie? Like, is that the reason why you like it so much? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Cause that's how I during okay, we'll go into the spoiler section, but that's how I feel too. Is I think her story's so strong. It's just that the bad parts were stronger for me. But her story, I really did like it. So before we go on, Marissa, do you want to say anything? No. Alright, so we're gonna go on to spoilers now. So if you don't want to hear the spoilers then don't listen. But just just in case you didn't know, it's like a 10-page story. But the spoiler's kind of out of, nowhere, out of nowhere, so maybe you don't want to listen. And there's a douchebag. Yeah. Okay. <coughs> so who wants to say the spoiler that is basically the transition into the third part of the movie? The moon is trying to kidnap her? Yep. So we find out she is... She's really not a human at all. She's Sailor Moon. Okay, yeah, she's Sailor Moon. <laughs> but she is the princess from the moon who has come to Earth. And they explain that her backstory is is that on the moon, it's a, it's a pure world where everybody's supposed to not really feel anything. They're supposed to be happy or whatever. But there's this one woman who she meets on the moon who is in some way different and she's like longing or she's not pure or whatever. And she finds out that the woman is longing to go to Earth because apparently this woman had gone to Earth in the past. But when you return from Earth, you lose all your memories of it. So she, in some way, they don't really explain it. She convinces her father, who is the Buddha guy at the end, to send her <laughs> That was really weird. That was weird. But so, so then she gets sent to Earth as the little princess doll in the beginning of the movie. And that's where the story starts. But as part of this process, she forgets everything about the moon until the scene in the movie, which is like one of my favorite scenes, which is when she confronts who? Um, the... Hmm? When does she regain her memories of the moon? The emperor. The emperor. 
Did you like that the scene? That was a really creepy scene. But it was awesome, right? I liked that oh scene. Oh my god. That I like scene, started getting shippers. That scene was awesome because it very very clearly represented the king as like a dominant male figure that is physically dominating her. And it basically comes across as rape. So all this emperor does in that scene is he simply hugs her. But the look on her face is like absolute terror. And it's like her being controlled. And I thought it was awesome. Oh, the part that freaked me out was after that look of terror, she sort of becomes a ghost and floats away. Okay, yeah, and so that's when you transition into the I was third like, part. this is very Japanese at that point. Okay, did you know that beforehand? Did you know the fairy tale? No. So you didn't I know she was going to- blind. You I did? went into this blind, yeah. Okay, so when I saw the movie the first time, it was awesome. So what happens after he basically rape hugs her is she becomes a ghost. Like, she becomes ethereal- and she slips through his hands or whatever. And it's completely out of nowhere. Because in the beginning of the movie, you have a girl who sprouts from bamboo. And she grows up kind of like bamboo or whatever. But other than that, there's no really supernatural aspect to the movie. So all of a sudden, she becomes like a ghost. And it's super out of nowhere. And I thought it was awesome. Like, the, the theater went silent when it happened. Because they had no idea what was going on. But I was there like, <laughs> she's, she's like a moon person. Whatever. Did you like that scene, Alma? I loved it. Yeah, that scene was awesome. But then after that scene, you get the scene with her parents. And her parents are basically... Because after that scene, she regains... She starts to regain her memories about the moon. So she knows who she is now. And she knows that because she has contacted the moon people, which is the reason why she's gotten her memories back. Oh, and the reason she contacts them is because of the emperor. And she's so... Panicked that she wants to go back. Yeah, she's so panicked that she's... What do you call that? There's no way she can escape him. That she begs for help. And the people, like, from anybody. So the people that take her heed are the moon people. And now that she, they've, now that she's asked them for help, they have to come get her. Like, they're like, you already, you, you already asked us for help, so we have to get you. And then so from then on, it's like a countdown to when are the moon people coming. And I think in the movie they say some vague answer, like, the 15th of, the 15th day? <laughs> of the month. Yeah. Was it the 15th of the month or the 15th day? It was the 15th day, but then it changed to 15th of the month. Okay. But I have no idea what month they were in, so I was like, how long is that? But yeah, it's, it's basically a countdown to when they get her. And in this scene, basically what the moon people aspect does is it forces her to find the solution to her journey in the movie. Which is, why isn't she happy and what would make her happy? Right? Is that what you got away from it? Because that's what I yeah. got away from it. And I like that. I like that through the movie you see her struggling. And it's like, she's happy in the beginning. And then when she becomes a princess... She thinks she will be happy if her parents are happy, and by her parents, her father. Yeah. And then so, she she tries to please her father because she thinks it'll make him happy, and it'll make her happy, but it doesn't. And then her father goes on about her being happy. Yeah. Ah, the father. Okay. Also, rewind real quick. During the emperor scene, where basically what she does is, there's five suitors in the third arc, not third arc, in the second arc, the suitor arc. There's five suitors going after her, and she basically gets them all to turn down somehow. Or they all have to turn down somehow. And this is what causes the interest of... What happened? Oh, I... I I wanted the haunter, but I fainted it. Dang it. But because of the suitors, and she turned them all down, that's why the emperor gets interest. And then when she gets the first invitation to the emperor, that's when the father becomes ecstatic, and he's like... Oh, like, you'll never have to worry about anything again. 
And then do you know the scene I'm talking about, Alma? Yes. Do you remember how that scene basically concluded with her speech? Mm-hmm. Wasn't it awesome? Yes. So do you want to summarize the speech? No, you could do it. No, I could do it. I'm pretty good at talking about this movie. But I want I you to do it. I know you are. You're on a roll, man. I don't want to stop you. No! You, you stop being patronizing. Because <laughs> there are so many good small scenes in this movie. Like, a scene that's like a minute long is absolutely terrific. But then there's other scenes that just ruin the entire movie for me. But in this scene, it's basically... She's basically being courted, courted by the emperor. And the father says there's no greater happiness than to be one of the emperor's wives. <laughs> and then that's basically the scene trying to get across that he's so happy for her. And he's happy because he thinks she'll be happy. And she's been doing this because she thinks he'll be happy, which will make her happy. But she's not happy. And then so she finally comes to this conclusion or whatever. And she basically explains to her father. She's like, I don't want to be some man's object. And if it'll make you happy because I love you, father. I will go to the court. I'll become his wife, and as soon as you become a dignitary or whatever, because when she becomes the wife of the emperor, he will be made chief of court, woman, basically. Yeah, he, he'll be made something of court. He'll become a dignitary of the of the feudal government or whatever, of the emperor. And then so she's like, as soon as you become a dignitary, I will kill myself. And that's like the best scene in the movie, because she's like, it's uh, so real all of a sudden. Because she's just like, I've been this doing this for you. Who, who are you talking to, Marissa? <laughs> Oh, the kid came back. Nothing. Go ahead. Keep on distracting me with Pokemon. So, comments on that scene, Alma? Oh my gosh. I was like, finally! Yeah! I hated the dad. Yeah, the dad was terrible. And that's what... Yeah, I didn't... The, one of the other problems I had at the beginning section of the film is because she's a baby. And I'm like, it doesn't matter when you're a baby. You're a baby, you're a baby. You don't remember. It doesn't affect you a ton. So I thought the main part of the beginning of the film was to show how much they loved her, which it kind of did. But then it doesn't mean anything, because in the second part of the movie, the dad just becomes stereotypical dad who wants the, basically, what do you call that? The on-paper best for his daughter. Doesn't care about how his daughter actually feels. It's just, well, if you could write a perfect story about the perfect daughter and her perfect life, this is what it would be, so this is what I'm going to give her. But it's not what she wants in the end. Because this is what the gods want. Yeah, and it all it all culminates in that scene where it's like, that's not what I want. It's like, if you want me to be happy, I'm not going to be happy just because you think this is the right thing to do for, like, the perfect girl. It's like, I'm just, I'm me or whatever. And that was really good. Okay, and so going back, so that happened before the Emperor. And then it also sucks because it basically seems like the father's turning a new leaf during that scene, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And he ends and up refusing... the Emperor comes. Yeah, and he ends up refusing the Emperor... But the Emperor comes anyways, and they in no way show that he tried to stop the Emperor from going to see his daughter. And in actuality, not only... Like, if they would have taken one second out of the film that's already way too long, and did a tiny scene where he is at least struggling with the idea of letting the Emperor in. Because I can understand he's the Emperor of the country, so you want to let him in because he could kill you at any time because he has so much power. But if they would have at least just taken the scene where he's thinking about, this is my daughter... And this is the Emperor, but she doesn't want this. But I have to do it because we're going to die. Because the Emperor could kill them. Then I would have totally appreciated that. But they don't. And instead he just lets the Emperor go to go into his daughter's room. And essentially what could have easily been a rape scene. And I'm like, wow, you're a sucky father. So I didn't like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then at the very end of the movie, 
The only character who's like actually been like supporting her throughout the entire movie is who? The mommy. The mom. And then so the mom is like, at the end of the movie where she reveals her parents, I'm from the moon and they're going to take me away. The father's like, oh, we'll fight to protect you or whatever. So he sets up a big army and the mom's like, she what she says, the daughter says is, I just want to go home. She's like, she realizes that's all she wanted. And then so the mom's like, okay, we'll take you home. And then like, they kind of make it ambiguous. Like, what does she mean by home? But then they very clearly go to the village from the beginning of the movie. And that's basically where the final, I don't know, not the, it's not the final part of the movie, but it's the penultimate part of the movie. Do you want to explain it, Alma? What, where they go out in the cherry tree? No, that's, that's way before. That's after the suitors leave, remember? This is after she reveals she's on the moon and they're protecting the <laughs> fortress. And then she's like, I just want to go home. And the mom... They don't make it clear if she realizes it, but I'm going to assume she does, because where does the mom take her? Home. Yeah, to the village from the beginning of the movie. And then so at the village, she basically, it's it's full of life again, because the village had died while she was away, because they had overworked the land. But when she goes back now, years later, it's rejuvenated. And so she's kind of happy. And then it just so happens that when she goes to the village, who does she meet? Sutamaru. Yes, Demaru. And it's like... Then from there, what could have been, like, an amazing scene becomes utterly Turns disgusting. into the ending of Greece. It's so disgusting. It's worse than the ending of Greece. <laughs> okay, because if you're staying in the spoiler section, I'm just going to spoil it for you right now. The ending of the movie is basically a grown adult man abandoning his family to be with a princess because she's a princess. And you can say more... Not but because the, she's a princess. Not because she's a princess. Because it because she's his princess. He said he he treats her like an object during that scene. That's true. Yeah, that's, that's very true. true. But it's because they were always meant for each other, or whatever. But in the end, it so boils down to he's saying he's ready to leave his wife and child. And the part that I thought was worse about the scene is in the beginning. She doesn't the, know he's married. Yeah, that's what he. That's what's even worse is because. In the suitor arc, you get the the third suitor, and what the third suitor does is he Lisa's lies to wife. her. Yeah, he he he. Well, a lot of all these suitors have concubines and wives, but yeah. that's the whole class system where the higher ups all have concubines and wives. But the village people, they're monogamous, and you see that through her parents' relationship, and that's how most village relationships are. They're monogamous. Like you will find a man and a woman, and they'll be together and have a family. But in the scene. It's like, they show you that maybe he has a family. And that was upsetting, because it's like, was that his family? Because he just happened yeah, to run into Yeah, with the baby her. on his shoulders. Uh, so then after that, you get him running into Kaguya, and you get a scene where he basically... She realizes that what she always wanted was just to be in the village. And she just wanted to be have that normal life. And that normal life was what she loved, and it's not the princess life or whatever. And so it's like, great, she realized that. And it would have been a very emotional scene... But in the back of my head, I was like, was that his wife? Was that his son? Like, he doesn't just have a wife, he has a son. And then so you have the seed, and then it culminates in her realizing what she likes, like what she what, what she would have found happiness in. And then they fly, because she's a, she's a moon person or whatever, and he confesses his love for her, and she confesses his love for him. Love for him. <laughs> and they fly away. <laughs> and then after that, you get the confirmation... After that, they basically run towards the moon, and she sinks into the ocean, 
and he wakes up as if it was all a dream. But I'm guessing it wasn't a dream. I'm pretty sure it wasn't a dream. But then, so at the end of that scene, because of the whole moon aspect and him thinking it was a dream, they separate, and it get, you get the confirmation that that was his entire family. So you get this entire scene that should have been emotionally impactful, and it's just a guy cheating on his wife and abandoning his family, and it's disgusting. Would you agree? Nicely phrased. Exactly. But at the same time, I totally know what you're saying, where her part, her side of that was awesome, right? Like, her monologue is awesome, right? Yes. Like, when she's flying and everything. And the first time, when the flying part starts, they jump off a cliff. And they kind of, like, fall really violently. And then... I thought that was, like, revisiting their childhood. Oh, I thought it was moon magic, because I'm like, she's from the moon. But no, when oh, she jumped... Oh, I thought it was just them falling again, like, as kids. And then I was like, oh, it's Greece. Yeah. Because there are two scenes in the movie where... They do the dream the dream sequence switch where they're not really dream sequences. Because you have the scene after she gets all mad at her coming her naming ceremony. <laughs> what? But yeah, there's two dream sequences. And one of them is she returns to her old home after she gets mad at her naming ceremony. And she collapses there and she magically returns. But they show you that there's little spirits around her. So you're, I'm pretty sure you're supposed to assume that it was real. And she's just teleported back by the moon spirits. And the same thing happens the second time. Mm -hmm. And so you have this scene, like, when you know when they're falling off the cliff? Mm -hmm. And they're, like, about to hit the ground? And they suddenly swoop. Did that make you feel anything? Uh, relief that they weren't plummeting to their deaths, yeah. I got chills the first time. I was like, that's awesome. Like, I love scenes like that. Because it's like, it looks like, logically, they should have died. And it's just like, all of a sudden, moon magic, and they're flying. And then she's giving this awesome monologue before and after the fall. And it's... Should have been super awesome and impactful. But then, in the back of my mind, there's a little thing. is like, is he married? Is he not married? And it's just like, I couldn't enjoy the scene completely. But I was trying to explain it away. Because in the beginning of the movie, they have children that the kids just take care of. Because, like you said, the village people are kind of like family. And they'll just take care of each other. Right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to explain it away like that. But then, right after that scene ends, you get confirmation that that was his wife. And that was his child. And he was going to abandon them. So the second time I watched the movie, that entire scene where she's giving this awesome monologue is just totally ruined. And I just felt part of darkness inside. It was terrible. <laughs> so that's basically my main reason why I didn't like the movie. And I've talked a long time. So after that part, you summarize the final, final part of the movie. Who's you? Alma. Oh. <laughs> so... They're back in the castle, and the father's fortifying the palace, because that'll totally do good against moon spirits. And basically, she's hiding with her mom in a room in the castle, and then that chubby little one of the serving maids, yeah. she was so cute, I loved her! She was in, in the English dub, she was actually played by, I don't know the actress's name, but Starfire, Nia, Princess really? Bubblegum. Yeah, yeah. Oh she was played God. by that voice actress. I was like, it's the first time she didn't play a princess. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she... yeah, they're guarding oh, well. her, and then you see from the moon this cloud come up, and then there's this really cheerful music, and you see a bunch of spirits, and then there's Buddha, randomly. Yeah. Another <laughs> terrible just... father figure. Yeah, another terrible father figure. And then they shoot arrows at it, and they turn into flowers, big whoop. 
And so they're down, and they just go through all the fortifications, get the princess, and she just sort of goes into, like, hypnotic mode. Yeah, like a ghost type thing. Yeah, goes with them, and then she doesn't snap out of it until they're, like, almost leaving to the moon again out of the Earth's stratosphere, and then the parents are clamoring for her, and then she turns back, and she's like, no, I don't want to forget. You guys have to give me more time. Yeah. And so it looks like they were. For a second there, I thought they were going to give her more time. They did give her more time. They were going to put the They gave her, like, a minute. That was more time, though. (laughs) I know. In the loosest definition, it was more time. (laughs) It was more time, because she's over there hugging her parents, telling them about how much she loves them, and she loves the life of being a human. And then they, the whole thing was like, once they put this cloak on you, you'll forget all the stuff and be our moon princess again. And so they basically sneak the cloak on her. And she forgets. Yeah, she's like trying to give a speech, and then they just go boop. They just and go they tap it Here's on the her. cloak. Yeah. Okay. And then after that scene, she forgets everything. And then so no, she. No, wait, but I forgot my favorite part. That while okay. she's like clamoring to get back to them, the little maid servant girl comes out with like the parade of little street that's, kids, and they're that's, singing that's... the song. No, that's after she's gotten the robe and she's leaving. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. It's what happens is. Oh no, wait. It's not because that's okay, what like broke her out of her little spell. Yeah, it's after it's after they possess her, but before she puts on the robe. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And it's what snaps her out of her little possession, where she's like, "Give me more time. You're correct." Mm-hmm. And it's a little maid, and she's marching around town singing the song. Who will? It's the song. We don't really talk about it, but it's kind of a point in the movie, where it's like a village song, but at the same time, there's. A moon people's version of it? Yeah. And then Well, so, not the moon people, the moon princess. Well, she said she heard it from the moon lady. She learned the song from the lady who longed for Earth. Yeah. So it may have been the lady picked it up from Earth and she adapted it. Yeah. So she already had the song in her system and it's kind of been a reoccurring theme. And it not only do they sing it multiple times in the movie, but it also is like the instrumental in a lot of the background scenes. I mean, it was the instrumental in the background of a lot of scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Do either of you remember it? Hmm? Do either of you remember it? All I know is that it talked about birds, birds, bugs, and and creatures or something like that. I always thought they were saying, oh, because you didn't hear the English version. The English version is way easier to keep track of. But it's like birds, bugs, beasts, flowers, something, something, all will go on. Something like that. And then it's like go around, come around, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that. Yeah. The English, how was the singing in the Japanese one? Because I listened to, like, the Japanese version on iTunes, and it didn't seem that bad, but it still seemed rough, right? Like, yeah. there were real people singing these songs, like, they didn't hire singers or anything. No, it sounded real. Yeah, and like... so, yeah. Because that's what they did in the English dub, too, so it's like Chloe Grace Moretz singing. But mm-hmm. for the child actor one, it is brutal. <laughs> like, shattering glass brutal. But okay, same... no. The kids were basically on tune in the Japanese one. No, it was like, and ours was like shattering glass. But I appreciated that they didn't hire like a singer or whatever. They were like, this is this kid and she's singing and that's just how she sings, whatever. So I'm, I'm okay with that. Was brutal though. <laughs> but since, so you're right. And then that scene ends with them. She's trying to say, basically when they're, she says goodbye to her parents, and she says she's sorry and whatever, and the parents say they're sorry and that they love each other and all that stuff. And then, like, the robe attendant, like, the lady in, in charge of the robe is all like, 
we'll make you forget this impure world. And then she's like, it's not impure. She's like, there's sadness and bad things here, but it's also there's like there's like good things and it's like and it it can be pure or whatever. And then like the robe lady is like boop and puts the robe on her and she forgets everything. And then from that scene, or at least that's what we think. Yeah, and then so they kind of push the old people off the cloud. They separate their cloud from their godly moon cloud, and they start flying off to the moon. Right? And then what happens? And then when they're almost to the moon, she looks back and gazes longingly at the blue planet. And then she can't do anything. And then they show you her and the cloud people, moon people, dissipating into the image of the moon. And then how does the movie end? The final shot. The baby Kaguya implanted like on the oh moon. yeah on the moon that was yeah, really weird. that was really weird but overall i like the ending of the movie because it's like it's so brutal like it's absolutely brutal like yeah. it is like the grim fairy tells like how they actually ended mm-hmm. and it's like so marissa said it and then so did diana say it. they would rather have the disney ending where it's like she she remembers and she's like no i'm not leaving and she goes back and she stays and that's totally what would happen if this was a disney movie it would and i think that i think Overall, I think that is the more powerful message. I think if she were to do that, that would be more powerful. I'm just kind of like how brutal it is and how you don't see that. I'm just sort of over all the Disney endings where, like, you've got this all-powerful thing and then suddenly the love for this thing overcomes it. It's like, no, if you have an all-powerful thing, it's going to be an all-powerful thing. Yeah. And And I like that they stuck with it. And I like how before she turns around, they're showing you the people on Earth looking at them leaving. And then so when she turns around, you think there's going to be this moment of she can go back, but it's like she turns around and she's in outer space. She's in freaking outer space. And it's like the the earth is like hundreds of miles away already. And it's like, there's hundreds. nothing, there's like nothing I can do. And then she gets taken to the moon. And I just like how brutal it is. And I think it's okay because that's how the, ta- the fairy tale is. Like, I didn't expect there to be a happy ending, but I don't think it necessarily makes the movie stronger. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so, a classic example is Little Mermaid. In the original Little Mermaid, she dies, right? Yeah. What's Turns the point? Sea film. It was the point that she loved the prince enough to let him go, and she wasn't cruel, and she wasn't going to kill him. Okay, I have not seen the Disney version in a while, but what's the point of the Disney version? The Disney version basically is just, like, get his kiss and you'll have your legs forever, but she doesn't get the kiss, so she basically sell her dad sells himself out to save her from the contract. Okay. That was it. Yeah. It was awesome, though, when they pierced her with the ship, and she was like, ah! And then, and then all the yeah. lightning, and yeah. That was awesome. Ursula's my favorite villain. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> Yeah. I like Maleficent. Oh, but anyway, I was going to say... Maleficent's cool. I like her hat. But anyway, what I was going to say is... um, I, The version that I read on Wikipedia, I liked it way better. Cause, I mean, okay, wait. Hold on. She... I think we shouldn't talk about the other versions until we finish talking about the movie. And I think we're basically done. But in the end, I like the ending. I thought it was super brutal, but I'm okay with that. But I don't think it's necessarily more powerful than if you were to do a Disney ending. That's my summarization. Alma... I like the ending. It was fine. Would you have a problem, though, if she had gone back? Yes. You think it would have weakened the theme of the movie? Yeah. 
Why would it have weakened it? Because I guess having it end as it did gives it, like, an option for it to happen again. Okay, yeah. And it does make you want to figure out what you want to do. It's like, I want to figure out what I want to do before I get abducted. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's kind of like the entire movie is basically her... What is it? Not like what her dream is, but it's basically how can I possibly be happy? And she figures that out and she has to get taken away. And she basically figures it out because she's going to be taken away. Yep. So, yeah. And Marissa, you wanted the Disney version, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think that's bad. All right, so that's basically a summary. I, I did not like it. I almost said I liked it. I did not like it. Alma, you liked it. Marissa, mm-hmm. you still don't like it? Yeah. Yeah. And then for recommendations, I do think I would recommend this movie to people. It's not a family movie, though. I would not recommend it to, like, a mom and a dad. Definitely not children. But I would recommend it to, like, artsy-fartsy people who are like, oh, it's so different. Because a lot of the movie feels like that, especially with the art style. It's like, oh, we're so different. We're doing something different. So I would recommend it to, like, artsy-fartsy people. Alma? Definitely. Marissa, any other recommendations? No. Okay. Okay. That's basically our review. Wait, wait, but did Christy like it? Okay, this is the thing. Both Christy and Annabelle liked it. And when I pointed out to them why I didn't like it, they're like, that guy is a douchebag. I'm like, yeah, right? What? And then And then they're like, how did you <gasps> notice that? And then I'm like, yeah, right? And she's like, I'll just ignore that. I liked it anyways. I'm like, no, it ruins the movie. And they're like, just ignore it. Just ignore it. I'm like, no, I don't want to ignore the critical part of the movie just to say I liked it. So they liked not it. not ignore it and still like the movie. I'll be right back. Okay, they liked it. They liked it before they knew that, and then after they knew that, they chose to ignore it and <laughs> like it anyway, so yeah. Also, Diana did not like it. Of course she's not gonna like it. She's a Disney nerd like Marissa. They like happy endings. Yeah. I'm kind of that douchebag that likes things well, being cynical. No, it's pretty much... Not even no, cynical, but... After we, because we all saw it t- together, after we saw it, me and Diane and then Marissa tangentially because she was like getting Frogurt or whatever like you know that yogurt in a cup yeah and so me and Diana and it's basically the main issue that me and Diana had at the movie is the male characters so it's just like Kaguya is awesome we both agree that she's awesome but it's like she's like one one fourth of the movie movie maybe and the rest of the movie is like terrible male characters that if there were less terrible male characters it would have been great but I mean no I okay they don't even have to be less they just have to not be portrayed as good. And that's what I didn't like, is in the final act of the movie, they portray the most disgusting male character as a hero. And Do they really, though? Yeah, the, if, if she is the heroine, he is very clearly the hero. And he's set up like that in the beginning. And the most aggravating part is that they didn't have to make him such a disgusting character. They could have just been like, he's just a villager, and it would have been fine. But for some reason, they go out of their way to make him a family man and that he'll abandon his family and it's super gross. And the only reason, like, the only possible reason I can think for it is that it's wish fulfillment for, like, yeah, it is. the males who watch the movie. Especially the director who's, like, an old man. I wouldn't be surprised if he's like, oh, I don't know if a princess came up to me, maybe I'd abandon my family. And it's, like, a totally gross sentiment to have. Yeah. Yeah. But I can see how, if you ignored it, I, I, I see how you can ignore it, but still acknowledge it, you know? And then choose to like the movie, because that's what Alma and Annabelle did. 
But you... Well, that's what who and Annabelle did? Christy and Annabelle, sorry. Thanks. You... But you acknowledge it, but you just don't let it get to you, right? No, I let it get to me. Okay. I hate him. But it doesn't ruin the movie for you. That's the difference. No. Okay, it ruins the movie for me. Because then it just makes me feel bad for Kaguya again. Because, like, you had that entire scene where it's like, fuck. Okay, it that's not even it for me if she knew. Or if she, like, was starting to give him a chance. But she, for the entire time, she was like, but it's too late. But it's too late. The thing that ruined it for me is the two main things. Is it wasn't necessary, and they chose to do it. And then the fact that they they glorify him. It's like, not only do they choose to have him... Like, if they at least acknowledge that he's kind of a D-bag for it, I'd be fine. But they glorify him. Like, it's like, no, it's okay. If if the love Ugh. of your childhood comes back, and she's a princess, and you're a lowly peasant, you can totally abandon your family for her. And I just don't like that at all. It ruins it. And they glorify him. That's what I don't like. All right. Marissa, you back? Yeah. So... What did you want to say about... Because we're done with the movie discussion now, so we'll discuss the other interpretations. I'm not really going to discuss much at all about it. What was the thing you want to say about the version you read? I just wanted to say that I like the ending better. Because it still has her leaving, but it has her leaving like she she was getting ready to leave. Like she accepted that she had to leave, and then she said goodbye to everybody. And yeah. I think that would have been way better. Yeah, that's how I read it. That's... I read two of them, and in both of them, they were like that. And in both of the versions I read two, guess what also happens? Which is kind of, it's kind of like, I guess, something impressive that they did for this version. But in most of the versions, it seems that she does fall in love with the Emperor. And that it's like the Emperor, the Emperor is so forceful. And then, like, he just won't, he won't stop trying to love her. And she, he won't stop trying to get her to love him. That she ends, she just ends up falling in love with him. And then in all the versions that I read also. So he is... He is the love interest at the end of the story. It was he that in the version you read? Yeah. What? In the version you read, was the emperor her lover in the end? Um, it wasn't her lover, just like her friend. I don't know. I don't think he could be the friend and not the lover. You may have just not realized it. No. But both of the ones I... You read the one on Wikipedia. It doesn't say I anything. That's the one I read. Oh. They are lovers. It doesn't say that. He, they are basically together. No, it doesn't say that. Okay, but in the ones I read, they were lovers in the end. And in both of them, too, she gave him, like, an elixir to immortality. Yeah. And then the final character of the story ends up being, not Kaguya, but the Emperor. And he goes to, like, the highest mountain, or he'll send somebody to the highest mountain in the two different versions. And they will pour the elixir on the highest mountain to be like, maybe this elixir and my message will reach her that... Without being able to see her in my life, I have no reason to have immortality. And it's like, great, so you made this story about the Emperor, and he's like, the main character. But, did you realize that, did you see it? Where it says the legend has it that the word immortality, Fuji, oh, yeah, Fuji yeah. Mountain. So that's what all those tales were. They're tales to explain things, why things were named things in the real world. Well, so that's kind of what the end of the thing was, the story. Hmm. Like, especially with like folk tales, yeah, like a yeah. lot of the Hawaiian legends are like. I okay, I yeah. That. I thought that was just a side case. I didn't get that that was the goal, but I can see that. I yeah. personally, I like morals much better. You know what I mean? 
like for there to yeah. be a moral to the story. But if this is I a, don't. a case of what do you mean? I don't like morals in stories. So At least forced in, ones. So basically, in that view, the story was to explain the naming of the mountain. Still doesn't yeah. make a ton of sense though, because they do that whole telephone game. Where it's all like, well, if you take the word for immortality back then, and you switch it, and you inside out it, and you upside down it, it becomes But that's Mount what it Fuji. was, like, back then. That's what the story was used yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. That is interesting. I totally forgot about that. But I do, I do prefer a moral to a story, which the movie did kind of have. The original tell doesn't really have it all. It doesn't have any kind of character arc where she's trying to figure out what she loves. She doesn't have the character arc where she hates being a princess or whatever. That's not in the original. I just would have liked it if if at the end she got to say goodbye. Yeah, in in both of the versions, no wait, in the first version I read she does get to say goodbye. But in the second version, yeah, the one on, that they have on Wikipedia is she writes letters and she kind yeah. of disappears without telling them. Yeah. Yeah, and then she leaves the letters to apologize. Yeah. I don't care about the Emperor, like they could have left that out, but... As long as she got to say goodbye to her parents. But it's also, like, when it was written, like, the Emperor's, like, everything. Like, the Emperor is like, yeah. a dictator. So it's, like, they have to glorify him. It's, like, Kim Jong-il. So I get it. And then that's kind of, like, why I don't like it. Because it's, like, uh, it's, like, I don't think a lot of people are going to look at whatever Kim Jong-il is having people write about him and how great he is now, 100 years from now, when we shouldn't really be analyzing it too deeply. Because it's basically a, a, what do you call it? A kiss-ass story. <laughs> Just licking his boots. <laughs> Alright. I think I basically said as much as I want to about it. Anything to say in summary, you guys? No? No? Go watch it if you're artsy-fartsy. Yeah, go watch it if you're artsy-fartsy. Don't take your kids. Don't oh take your God. family. Alright. <laughs> what? Don't take anybody. Go see it alone. <laughs> okay, and I'm super happy I saw it the second time. Because I have had the experience with Ghibli movies where I have turned, I have had one eighties on them, and then the specific movie, which is like my number two Ghibli movie of all time, I had a one eighty on, which is okay. It's not exactly one eighty, but is the movie Whisper from Whisper of the, Whisper from the Heart? The... Is it of the heart? Whisper of the I don't heart. Know. It is of yeah, the heart. Yeah, it's of the heart. So Whisper yeah, of the heart, I knew it. Which I the first time I saw it because I saw Cat Returns first and I just wanted another fantasy thing. I was like, what is this poo-poo? Because it was, like, all realistic and stuff. And I was just like, I'm not going to say it's bad, but it's like, I just wanted fantasy. And then so I didn't watch it for, like, a year after that. And then I watched it again, and it was awesome. And that was, like, my second favorite Ghibli movie. So I thought maybe I could turn around on it, but when I saw it the second time, that last scene was terrible. Heart of Darkness made me feel terrible. Yeah. And then I was also, I was debating whether or not I should pre-order it, because I was like, I'll probably watch it again. It's a Ghibli movie, but it's like I don't. I have no, no desire to like watch it probably for years. So I'm good. I'm happy I saw it two times. All right. So that's the end of this episode. I was Jordan. That was Alma. What? That's Marissa. Mm. And this is technically going to be, I think, the third episode of Jamcast Towels. And we'll probably have an episode coming up soon on one of you guys say that movie, if you remember what it is. Big Hero 6? Yeah, Big Hero 6! Okay. Big Hero 6! Yeah. Alright. Bye, guys.
Bye.